0: This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth 2, Stealth 2 Plus, and Stealth 2 HD carbon woods designed with more carbon for more forgiveness. Learn more at TaylorMadeGolf.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sakino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully
1: uh good morning golf fans welcome inside golf talk canada adam scully here on this wednesday morning uh just awaiting mark's keynote bob weeks will also be joining us a little later in the show and another wednesday show it's going to be another busy one for us as always we take these wednesday shows and discuss the TSN edge perspective of the upcoming PGA tournament. So this week it's the Valspar championship, not a designated event, but still a very good field. Later in the show as well, we'll be joined by CJ, uh, by Tyler Torrieri from the CJGA to preview the upcoming season, the 30th season of the CJGA, but there's a whole lot of golf ball related news too. We're going to get to that shortly, but first Mark is now with us. Mark, how are you? Welcome back to GTC.
2: Well, Adam, I thought I was going to have just a nice, relaxing Wednesday to talk about, you know, the Valspar. Maybe there's a cool story that's going to come out of Tampa this week with we're not in a designated event. Yeah, we got, you know, Spieth and Thomas. There are some names. But this is one of those opportunities to get one of those Nick Taylor stories that we got from a few weeks ago back at the WM. You know, maybe it's even a wider lane for that this week. But what am I fighting about here instead? What am I on social? You know I hate Twitter. I hate Twitter with a passion. I'm like the worst Twitter person of all time. I stay away from it. I find it just frustrating, dark. You know, I don't like going there. What am I doing? I'm on my time. I am on spending my time venting on Twitter about the USGA and the RNA. And I know it's going to dominate a lot of our conversation this morning. So I'll wait for you to tee it up.
1: It it sure is, and Mark, before we go to news and headlines, I mean, this is our first year having two radio shows a week, of course. Last year at the RBC Canadian Open, we had radio shows Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to noon, TSN 1050. That's coming up again a little later this year as well. And, you know, maybe we we would have thought, hmm, some days might be a little snow, a little slow on the news variety. We might have to stretch some things a little bit. But it seems every Wednesday we just have more and more and more to talk about because things keep changing, evolving in the world of golf. And there's so much news that has come out Uh, about the golf ball proposed changes let's get to it shortly. but first let's hit some news and headlines
0: news and headlines are brought to you by sandbagger hard seltzer sandbagger everybody knows one
1: okay mark just to leave you on your toes a little longer there was some news that came out about tiger woods now tiger wasn't at the players championship not playing But now news has come out that he was playing Augusta National last week. So all signs point point towards Tiger making his return at the Masters. Of course, Mark, you called his first tee shot at Riviera at the Genesis Invitational. From what you saw, if it is a little warmer at Augusta National than it was at Riv a couple, about a month or so ago, if it was warmer, uh, if it's warmer at the Masters than it was this time last year, too, what kind of expectations can we have for Tiger in about uh, three weeks' time or so at, at uh, Augusta National? Uh,
2: my expectations are very similar to what they were at Riviera, Adam, and maybe even more so because it's, it's hard to miss the cut at Augusta. With everybody in the field, you know, it's one of the smallest. It is the smallest major field of the year. It's almost impossible to miss the cut there with, you know, 15, 20 guys in the field that are there in ceremonial capacity. So my expectation is... Hopefully Tiger's healthy enough to walk four days. He likely makes it to the weekend. He likely shows us moments of brilliance. And he also shows us moments of, you know, playing nine holes and three over par. So it's, I think it's more of the same. I think it is unrealistic to believe he's going to give us anything other than what we just saw at the Genesis. And we should all just be happy that he's around and he's part of it. Um, I, I think it was a huge miss not playing the players in warm conditions on a flat golf course to knock right. some competitive rust off. I think it was a, a major mistake. And I wonder, Adam, uh, how much of the of the news that broke during the players about his legal issues with his ex-girlfriend affected his choice to not come play the players. Maybe he knew that was coming that week. Maybe he didn't want to deal with it in the public, even though I think the majority of us all feel the same about this one. You know, mm-hmm. and we have, you know, we I think – Tiger probably would have skated in the public eye on this one. Uh, That seems to be the the public opinion on this. It is what it is. You know, when somebody just immediately asks for $30 million, I mean, we kind of know what this is. Uh, The squeeze is on, so to speak, is is how most of us took it. But I'm wondering if that's got anything to do with it. But at the end of the day, um, Tiger Woods, I mean... yeah, do you think he's going to make the cut? I think he makes the cut and kind of limps around a couple of days, looks good a couple other days, and likely might even be a little better than he was at Genesis because, to be honest with you, the field at Genesis is better than the field at the Masters.
1: Yeah, and, you know, the, the field at the Masters, it's a limited field, correct? I mean, it's it's a smaller field, obviously, and for Tiger, I mean, the fact that he made the cut last year was remarkable in itself that he hadn't played... Any golf, shoots one under. He's in the top 10 after the first round. So I'm expecting, like you said, flashes of brilliance. I'm expecting fatigue, whether whether it depends on what side of the draw he gets to. I mean, I know it's a limited field, so it's not as extreme as, you know, you tee up at 2 o'clock in the afternoon on a Thursday and tee up at 8 a.m. On a, on a Friday. You know, you do have more of a break uh, in terms of rest, in terms of the ice baths and what he's doing. But uh, looking forward to seeing how Tiger does play, assuming, of course, he does play in three weeks at the Masters. Now, throughout Tiger's career, the golf ball he has used has been quite a talking point. He has often used the spinniest golf ball on the PGA Tour, and often that has, some would say, cost him 10, 15 yards of distance. And it's funny we mentioned 10, 15 yards of distance because look where we are now. Because on Tuesday, the RNA and USGA put out a proposal for 2026 to roll back the golf ball only in elite competitions. The PGA tour has not agreed to anything. This is just a proposal to go off now. Uh, Mark, should I start my, my stopwatch here now and see how long you're ranting about this topic? I I, I know you've got some takes. I know you're fired up about this. What are your thoughts here on what you heard on Tuesday?
2: Here we are again, Adam with out of touch, uh, uh, just completely out of touch, archaic organizations in the USGA and the RNA trying to once again put the the horses back in the barn. We just went through this with the anchored putter okay if again, if i hadn't been in the room. In 1982 or 1986, when someone first anchored a putter in competition at the the PGA Tour level, I would have been the first guy in the room to stand up and say, you know what, I don't think that's legal by the definition of the rule the way it's written. We need to take a look at this, and we got to look at it now. But no, 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 no. We let it go for 40 years. I shouldn't say we did, they did. RNA, USGA, they let it go for 40 years. It wasn't a problem until Adam Scott wins a major, Ernie Ells wins a major. Now guys are winning majors and guys are going to it not because they're bad putters, because they felt it was a better way of putting. And by the way, the top five players in the world, when they banned the anchored putter, were all using a standardized putter. So if it was that much better and if it was that illegal, then why wasn't the top 10 on the planet using it? Okay? So. What did they do during that time period? Well, they watched drivers become the size of toasters. That wasn't an issue. They watched driver go from steel to graphite and go from 43 inches to 45, 46, 47. That wasn't an issue. They watched the golf ball where you used to have to make a choice. Do I want a ball that spins and holds and shapes? Or do I want a golf ball that goes far? No, they watched that be combined into a Pro V1, TP5, blah, blah, blah. And now the golf ball does everything you want. You no longer have to make a choice between distance, control, shape, spin, etc. They watched all that go by. All of it. And then they try to put the horses back in the barn. Okay, they want to rewrite the record books. What did we do with the driver? Did they roll back the driver? Did they say we're going from a, a, a 500cc head to back to a 300cc head? No, they capped it. They capped COR, how much spring effect you could have in a face. They said, okay, we're not going to go back in time, we're just going to cap it. So why the golf ball? Why aren't we just capping the ball now? And instead of rolling it back, that makes no sense to me. Because the the the, the record book shows the last 20 years a very different story. Okay? Mm-hmm. So why we're not capping it makes no sense to me. The other thing that makes no sense to me, why are we testing this new ball or proposed new ball at 127 miles an hour when the average spring, uh, swing speed on the PGA Tour is like 115? Mm-hmm. Why, why are we testing it at 127? Okay? Completely makes no sense. And, and you know what? I, I did a little digging because I remember things certainly different ways at times. The shortest U.S. Open golf course of the last, of this century, of our current century, was Marion in 2013. And Justin Rose won it one over. The longest golf course in U.S. Open history, 2017 Brooks Kepka 16 under par. We healthy. just saw Bay Hill win at nine under. If you're worried about The 1% of the 1%. That's what we're talking about here. 1% of the 1%. We're talking literally 20 to 30 players on the PGA Tour. Grow some rough. Make the the setup smart. This is completely unnecessary. And I tell you, Adam, you know what I hope? I don't think it's going to happen, but I would love. Nothing would make me happier than the PGA Tour reject this. And the PGA Tour were saying, no, we're the leaders in the professional game. We've watched you guys drop the ball now for decades after decades, fighting about square grooves with Peng. You're too young to remember that court case. But they spent years with Karsten fighting over square grooves. Yeah. Guys are spinning it more now than ever before. I mean, this is a colossal waste of time. It's confusing. It's um, confusing. It's, it's just, it's bad. It's just bad. I can't believe that this is what they come up with after their two years of distance report findings.
1: Well, especially too, like, let's say this is is approved, but only, you know, USGA RNA. So it's only in a couple, you know, the US Open, the Open Championship, that sort of thing. The comparison I'll make for, you know, those listening, tuning into other sports in the 2006 Olympics, this is hockey the they the, they made the rule where you could uh in the nhl you had to have you had to have narrower goalie pads by an inch dominic Hashik goes to the olympics g- makes his or he, he gets pads that are 12 inches wide so one inch lo- or more wide so in that case he's playing a totally different game only for that tournament so it's sort of like why on earth are you trying to do this in this way it's it's bizarre to me this entire thing like you said Grow the rough. Put pins in harder pin locations. It's it's easier to do that instead of you know capping this. And you we know, we see guys on the PGA tour, and you know we see you know Rory McIlroy. We see these guys using the TP5 golf ball, TP5X golf ball. And you know we say you know what I want to go out. I can use that same golf ball Rory's using. But if this comes into play, we can't do that anymore. So I just don't understand that in itself. Now, Mark, we have a lot of audio to get to. First, let's hear from Mike Wan from the USGA about this proposal.
3: Do we have this exactly right? I don't know. A year ago, I thought we did. And we've made a, quite a bit of changes based on that feedback. I know we'll, we'll probably make some adaptations based on this next feedback period. But the only choice that I think is, uh, is patently wrong at this stage is no choice. Because I don't think anybody could argue with the fact that this game is going to be 20 or 30 yards longer in the next 20 or 25 years. And if that's the case, we're just handing the, sustain- the sustainability of this game to the next generation in the 30,000 golf courses around the world and telling them to just figure it out. And um, that's, a, that's a responsibility that neither Martin and I are willing to shirk. And so um, there may be more learning on how we can actually do this in the exact right way, um, but we will definitely uh, make sure that we don't leave the game for the next generation more challenged than the generation that's playing it today.
1: A lot to take from that from uh, Mike Wan. Uh, before we go to break, because I, I want to hear from Harry Higgs. He had some great comments too, or some pointed comments. We'll get to him after the break. But, you know, Bryson DeChambeau has been – The poster boy, I guess you could say, Mark, in terms of uh, speed training, in terms of winning the U.S. Open in 2020 in a way we have never seen before. He said this about the rule changes, and I quote, or the proposed changes, and I quote, I think it's the most unimaginative, uninspiring, game-cutting thing you could do. Everybody wants to see people hit it farther. That's part of the reason why a lot of people like what I do. It's part of the reason a lot of people don't like what I do. I don't agree with a lot of what Bryson says. But he's nailed us on the head, on the head man. I mean... Sports,
2: we, sports change too, Adam. Athletes get bigger. What are we going to do? Ban training? We're going to yeah. ban uh, personal trainers, speed training. I mean, you, the games get bigger, stronger, faster. I mean, that's just the way it is, you know? Uh, Bobby Orr was the greatest defenseman. He revolutionized the sport. Go back and look at the video of Bobby, Bobby Orr. He's practically one of five guys in the NHL that could skate in that generation there's a bunch of guys smoking darts at halftime crushing (laughs) beers in, in in the dressing room and he's going around making dancing circles around him okay now every single player in the nhl would be a dominant skater if you were to go back generations it's just it's called progression it's called development it's how the world works and again i'm this is not about bifurcation because bifurcation is happening in the, in the world of golf, whether people like it or not. People play with gimmies. People play the golf courses red staked. How many times your buddies hit it out of bounds and never? they don't go back to the tee? They of drop a not. ball. Right. Bifurcation already exists. Amateurs play by different rules and pros. Whatever. I get that. But rolling the golf ball back is different than capping it. And what he said there, he's talking out of both sides of his mouth, Michael Watch. Both sides of his mouth. Because he said, the game's about to get 20, 30 yards longer in, in 20 years from now. And we don't want to hand it off to them like, like that. Okay, great. Cap the golf ball the way you cap the driver. Totally. Don't roll it. How's rolling it back? That's a different thing. So, yeah. I mean, here we go again. Again, Adam, I would love it if the PGA Tour... You know what the USGA? This is a whole other can of worms, too. You know the, the the PGA Tour is supposed to play nice with the USGA and the RNA when they need the tour. But when the tour says we need you to back us up for the Saudi Arabia Golf League, hmm. I see them all pegging it up. What did I hear from the USGA and the RNA? I heard we're not changing our criteria. We're not changing how you qualify for our events. Okay, great. We're the PGA Tour. We're going to dictate our sport and our 45 PGA Tour events the way we deem. And these are the rules we're changing that we've wanted to change for the last 30 years, but we've been playing nice in the sandbox. But maybe that time's over.
1: Yeah, there's so many ways you can take this. And, you know, the hockey comparison, it'd be as if you say, you know what, no more composite sticks, no more one-piece sticks, let's throw wooden sticks back out there. Guys are shooting the puck, you know, up to 105, maybe 110 in some of those fast, or uh, hardest shot contests in the skills uh, competitions. But so many ways we go from here. We're going to continue this conversation. We're going to hear from more players, Harry Higgs, Webb Simpson, much more on this proposed change regarding the golf ball. This is Golf Talk Canada.
0: This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth 2, Stealth 2 Plus, and Stealth 2 HD Carbon Woods. Designed with more carbon for more forgiveness. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by JPSM Golf, offering Canada's largest selection of electric golf trolleys. Good for your score, good for your health. Visit JPSMGolf.com to find a trolley that fits your game. JPSM Golf, Canada's premier electric golf trolley specialist.
1: Back inside another Wednesday edition of GTC Scully and Zucchino here. Weeks joining very shortly. Tons of audio here to get to about the usga and rna proposal to roll back the golf ball for certain competitions starting in 2026 of course players uh very opinionated about what could be coming for certain events in a couple of years if of course it is approved i want to start with harry higgs you know we we know him as one of the great personalities on the pga tour he's not, not one to hold back any feelings let's hear harry higgs on a zucchino esque rant on this proposed rule change,
4: my immediate reaction was, "Get off my lawn! Um, you know, leave us alone. We're we're doing a, a you know having a huge effort to sell and get people to watch us play golf, get people to uh, you know invest in the game. And this initially seems as it would make it maybe slightly more difficult to do that. Um, and then also the thought that." Now, for the first time, if and when these are implicated, that the game will be different for me than versus, you know, my dad, let's say, who's a 15 handicap and that's something that golf has always had and i think there is an inherent value in that that you can use the same clubs that i use you can play the same golf courses that i play in you know uh, you know come tomorrow everybody's i'm going to be playing 9 holes in a pro am group with guys you know on the golf course that i will be playing this week there is a huge value in that there's no pro ams and basketball let's say and they wouldn't really be that much fun because those guys are vastly vastly more athletic and and just better at what they do um so the initial thought is definitely jokingly get off my lawn leave us alone um and i would imagine there will be some some heated debates about whether or not we are going to implement this and i would if i could forecast ahead to i guess to what 2026 i think we will be implementing this Mm. And I understand the reasons why, and it's reasons that are less on the competitive side and more on the sustainability side. Um, you know, as the game gets longer and longer and longer and guys become more athletic and more well-trained to hit the ball longer and be able to do that year in and year out, you know, it's you could see in 10, 15 years a U.S. Open golf course have to be, you know, 9,000 yards for it to be... Yeah. Um, for it to achieve kind of what it has achieved in the past in, in terms of being a great test, usually a winner around even par. There,
1: there are so many ways you could go from those comments from Harry Higgs, but I, I love off the top there, Mark, stay off my lawn, get lost. I, I, I love this from Harry Higgs.
2: Well, and Harry's always a good quote. He's had a few beauties uh, the last month or so, um, but I, I mean, so the more I hear about these arguments, in Michael Wan's own words and in Harry Higgs' words there, what's it going to look like 20 years from now? I keep hearing that. So what I'm not hearing is, in 2023, this problem couldn't be fixed. It couldn't be managed. The game is still sustainable under the current conditions with just some smarter setups. I think we could all agree on that. So... Again, I would say, again, why the rollback and why not the cap? And I'll give you another reason for the cap and another reason why a rollback doesn't make sense is under these current conditions that they're proposing for 2026 to test the golf ball, how many of the current golf balls in the world right now are not going to qualify anymore? Most of, the guy, most of the golf balls being played at the professional level right now are, would fail under the new conditions proposed for 2026. OK, mm-hmm. so there's a manufacturer the, the manufacturers were never, you know, ever bothered to be taken into account for this. Titleist came out with a, an official release. I saw they rejected this immediately. I have not seen anything from our friends at TaylorMade as of yet. I'm assuming we're going to get something similar from them. I don't know anything. I haven't spoke to anyone at TaylorMade, but I got to assume the manufacturers are not pleased with this. Bob brought up a good point to you and I off air. I will let Bob bring that up on his own, but I liked Bob's take on this Mm -hmm. as well, okay, which is down the manufacturing line. But again, why don't, why, if we're worried about where this goes 20 years from now, and we think we can sustain the game with some smarter golf course choices, again, only for the 1% of the 1%, they're not worried about me and you, Adam, and they're not worried about, you know, keep in mind too, we've just gone through the, the, Three years of growth in the game of golf, that through the pandemic that we have not seen since the Tiger boom. Yeah. And instead of figure, instead of our governing bodies thinking about how do we sustain this growth, how do we keep people in the game, how do we get clubs in, in schools and kids playing golf and introduce and grow the first tee program, how do we defend our game and our history to a foreign? Uh, entity with more money that knows what they want to do with that just wants to buy the sport from underneath our nose. These are the things facing the game, and these guys are standing in a room rolling back the golf ball because we put the tee thirty yards back at the 13th at Augusta. Give me a break. This, I mean, the more I talk about it, the more it's pathetic. It's sad, is what it is.
1: It is. They're putting a governor on how much fun. You know you have yeah. on the game of golf, and you mentioned the manufacturers too, Mark. Before we go to break here, this would cost them a fortune because they're making a golf ball for the one percent of the one percent just for this. And your regular, average you and I consumer, like we're not going to go buy this thing that goes fifteen yards shorter. Why on earth would we do that?
2: It, it, again, it doesn't make any sense. And there is a real possibility here. And if this is the way that goes, it's fine. But the professional game is played around the world under the current conditions we are, we are currently playing under. And three times a year or two times a year or four times a year, depending on who wants to adopt it, they've got their own golf ball. You know, the Masters and Jack, Jack and Augusta have been throwing this round behind the big green curtain for decades, right? That w- there was going to be a Masters golf ball. They've been talking about it. Maybe, maybe that's where this lands, Adam. We're going to, wait. I mean, this is going to go on. The debate and the conversation, and this is, I guarantee you one thing. The way it's currently written, I do not believe, like Harry suggested, it's likely that it is adopted by 2026. I don't believe the way it's currently written and suggested. No, there is going to be, this is going to be picked apart, debated, argued. And if something is adopted on a mass level, I don't think it looks anywhere similar to what this current proposal looks. It's gonna, it's gonna morph, it's gonna change, just like, just like the FedEx Cup looks completely different in 2023 than it did 15 years ago, right? I think mm-hmm. by the time anything like this is implemented, it's got to be clearly defined. It's got to be better than this. And maybe we land, maybe Adam, we land on a freeze. Maybe we land on, okay, guys, all those golf balls you've been producing and continue to produce. This is it. This is the ceiling. This is where we were with COR on driver faces. This is where we are on golf balls.
1: Well, it's a conversation that we're going to continue having. We'll get to the Valspar Championship here soon. But on the other side, Bob is going to join us. Would love to hear Bob's perspective on everything that's going on with this proposal. This is Golf Talk Canada.
0: This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by JPSM Golf. Offering Canada's largest selection of electric golf trolleys. Good for your score. Good for your health. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Visit WeatherTech.ca
1: welcome back inside another wednesday edition of gtc Scully aquino and now weeks joining us here we're continuing the discussion about the proposed change from the rna from the usga about rolling back the golf ball you could call it bifurcation eventually but this is still a proposal nothing has been signed sealed delivered confirmed bob you've covered this game for quite some time this has been in the talked about, discussed, debated, whatever you want to call it, for quite some time when you first saw this in writing now as the proposal. What were your thoughts?
5: Uh, I thought that it would have a really hard time getting acceptance, wide acceptance. I think that there's, you know, once again, this rule that uh, the governing bodies, and when you say the governing bodies, they look after everybody all over the world, so that's 99.9% of people like us and point, less than 0001 of PGA Tour pros or elite players as, as they're being designated in this thing. So I don't really know why we have spent so much time and, and debate about this when there are other solutions, there are ways you can go around it. Mark is very good the other day pointing out how uh, the Arnold Palmer Invitational the other day just grew up some rough, create a few more dog legs, and do a few things that it's it's obviously it's you know it's uh it's easy to do at some places less easy to do at others but i just don't know why we have to go to this drastic step of limiting players from from impressing us as mere mortals with hitting these massive drives and yes guys hit long you know most par fours they're hitting nine iron eight iron maybe wedge something like that but if you take the driver out of their hands it doesn't change and there's all sorts of ramifications and spin-offs to me that haven't really been, I don't think, dealt with um, by, the, by the governing bodies with this proposal. Look at all the uh, costs that's going to have to go into developing this new golf ball. Who's going to pay for that? Uh, look at all the, um, look at all the, the, the changes that to other equipment that you're going to need. It's not just going to affect the driver off there. It's going to affect all your clubs. And I think a lot of players are going to have to go on a search for a whole different set of clubs, and how do you get an advantage that way? The longer hitters are still going to be the longest hitters. In fact, they may gain more of an advantage over that. And I think that there's, you know, predictably, I guess, the PGA Tour players have, have come out and said, yeah, we don't need this, and the manufacturers have come out and said, yeah, we don't think this is a good idea. So what if the PGA Tour says, no, we're not going to have this? And what if uh, what if the uh, the golf ball manufacturers just said, yeah, you know, um, we're not going to make these balls. We just don't think we want to take that. What happens then if there's no balls available to to play? Like, obviously, the Open Championship and the U.S. Open are probably going to be the first to adopt this, I would think, because those are the events that these governing bodies run. Uh, and then you're going to go back to something like they had a long time ago. Mark, you may remember this. Scully, I don't think you remember this, but remember when the British there was a British ball. It was smaller. It was an actual smaller ball. So we had we had two different golf balls. And this smaller ball was in play when you went over to play in the British Opens and, and players had to use and switch. And it was smaller because it, a theory was that it cut through the wind a little bit easier. So now you're... You could even get into a situation like that. I know Scully's looking at me like I'm crazy. I've never heard of this. I'm old enough, there really were.
2: <laughs> I'm old enough to remember what you're talking about. I believe the last one, you, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe the last one was in the early 70s, late 60s, early 70s. They went to a, a conforming unified golf ball. But for the longest time, the Open Championship, there were players that played a smaller golf ball. I mean, so this is not like it's unheard of to your point, Bob. And, but, you know, I got to ask you a question, Bob, because I brought this up to Adam off the first top. When you consider what the golf world's just come through with the three years of growth, like from the pandemic and the challenges to keep sustaining that growth, keep the game, uh, keep those players that have come back to the game, keep them in the game, get kids involved, get kids involved that wouldn't normally be introduced to the game. Um, considering there's a Saudi golf league trying to buy the sport from underneath the legacy owners of this sport, et cetera. When all the challenges facing the game of golf, this this is what we've been doing with our time, Bob, at, at the USGA and the RNA. I mean, I, 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 that to me might be the saddest part of this, is that they they're exhausting their time with the, I I called it the one percent of the one percent, but to your point, it's 0.0. 0 there's a, you know there's twenty thirty guys on the PGA tour is what we're talking about. I, I you know there's and, and and so I found Bob. I find that part of this very sad. I'd like to know your comments on that. And the other thing I'd like to know too, Bob, is why are we testing this at one hundred twenty seven miles an hour? when the average swing speed on the PGA Tour is like 115, 116? Why are we testing at 127? Where, where does that number... What magic USGA fountain do they pull that out of?
5: Yeah, I'm not sure why they're doing it at that and, and, and why they're trying to reach for this way. But like, like you said, it's, it's, it's such a minute group of people that this is affecting. And the other thing is, you know, it's, it's weird that these governing bodies are essentially telling the PGA Tour what to do. Like, nobody goes and tells... Uh, Gary Bettman, hey, everyone in your league, because all the kids are now using uh, wooden sticks again, everyone in the NHL has to use wooden sticks. Uh, and, and don't you want to see the long ball? Everybody loves the long ball. I love seeing guys hit the ball, you know, 330, 340, 350, whatever it is, and we marvel at that. And and, and that's going to go away if they're only hitting it 310. Um, I well, don't know, geez, it doesn't seem do to be that. as big a thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you can. That's right. <laughs> you often do. But I mean that's that's the that's the part of it though right that's you love to see how much better these guys are than you and how much they make our jaws drop yes. and that may have a, a a a bit of going away but but to get that back to your point you know you're right I I just don't see why they felt it necessary to do all this for this small group of people cuz like the LPJ tour is not going to adopt this I don't think I I wouldn't think that they would want to do it maybe college golf might be doing it but you know, I I don't know I don't know how many people this really affects, and it's a big, big uh, imposition on those people.
2: All I'm waiting for, guys, is if this goes through, you know, you're going to have that guy at your golf club. He's the same 14 handicap playing forged blades with extra stiff shafts. Who's going to buy the old golf ball and add 20 minutes to your day? That's all. This that's where this is landing. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And, you know, a couple of things here too. I mean, is, is golf the only sport played where uh, the, you know, like in the NHL, there's one puck in the NBA, there's one ball in the NFL, there's one ball, but in golf, there's all these different kinds of balls. So Mark, to your point in the last segment, there has been talk in years past about a master's golf balls. Everyone's given X dozen amount of balls. So you wonder if something's going to go to that eventually, but Bob, to your point, You know, we we like seeing the golf ball. And you think back to Bryson DeChambeau in 2020. Yes, he's done a lot of things that have rubbed people the wrong way since. But that year, we all marveled at him because he he took away. He saw he had success in the PGA Tour and thought, hmm, I want to get better. So what am I going to do? I'm going to have 12 protein shakes a day. I'm going to put on 50 pounds, and I'm going to absolutely bomb the golf ball. And what's he do? He wins the U.S. Open in historic fashion, something that we've never seen done before. And that's something that... If, if they if they govern this, they make this the no fun league.
2: We're not going to see that anymore. Okay, and keep something in mind. You just again to my point. I brought up those U.S. Open stats about twenty thirteen being the shortest course of this century, one over par wins. Twenty seventeen, Aaron Hills was the longest and sixteen under par wins. That's a seventeen shot difference between the longest and the shortest. saying that the shortest is tougher based on setup. But that Bryson DeChambeau event at Wingfoot, who finished second in that event? Matt Wolf. Who hits it almost as far as Bryson DeChambeau? Matt Wolf, you know Matt Wolf was even par in that championship. And Bryson DeChambeau at 600 par was the only player to break par four days at Wingfoot. Where's the problem here? I don't see the how. Every, all these things are going to—they're obsolete. How are they obsolete? How can they not read their own data? Their own data shows that one person for four days broke par. So if again, if we're projecting problems twenty years down the road then cap the ball, cap it yeah. the way you cap drivers. The rolling back is, they're, talk, they're talking out of both sides of their mouth. You can't say we're worried about 20 years down the road, but we're going to roll back 20 years. You can say we're worried about 20 years down the road, and we'd like to do with the golf ball like we did with drivers. You can, you can have that argument, you can say that, because you can forward project what's transpired over the last 20 over the next 20 And by the way, that would actually be forward-thinking for the first time from these organizations.
1: Yeah, and, you know, we've heard, you know, Harry Higgs had some pointed comments that we played out in our last segment, Bryson DeChambeau as well. I want to hear from Webb Simpson here. Webb Simpson, just uh, for our listeners, he's 96 on the PGA Tour in driving distance, which I was actually surprised by. Uh, 96 on the PGA Tour in average driving distance. And as well for... Uh, our listeners there are 83 players on the pga tour who average 300 or more off the tee 83 which i thought was kind of a weird number i thought it'd be a little higher to be honest with you but anyway here's webb simpson on the proposed changes coming in a couple of years uh by the usga and rna
3: i know the usga and rna have been You know, very united in that they don't like bifurcation. They don't want bifurcation. I think golf as a whole, PGA Tour players included, it is nice to have the same rules for pros and amateurs. And when we go play, we're here at Valspar. Guys and fans come watch us. They know that they're watching a sport that they play by the same rules, same equipment, um, which I think is really nice. I think the USGA has um, done a great job in kind of forward thinking. And you know, distance could be a problem if we don't look at it the right way. I personally believe that I don't know that we need to roll back equipment. I think there needs to be more emphasis on golf course design. Um, you know, I've said for a long time we got to learn from the greats, and Pete Dye was a great. Uh, four and six last week at TPC Sawgrass were 390 yards and 385 yards, I believe, and they both played over par for the week. So you have the best players in the world on holes that are under 400 yards, and they play over par. And I think. Golf course design and architecture needs to be looked at harder in these conversations. Now, specifically to this proposal, had a great conversation with Scott Langley this morning from USGA. Scott's been great. He wants to simply hear from the players. He's listening. Um, he wants to know what we think. Um, and like he said, it is a proposal. It's not going to definitely be in, a, in effect for us. But Kira, I think the problem is if we, if the PJ Tour doesn't go along with this proposal and we continue to do what we're doing, but yet four majors throughout the year... Put this into play then manufacturers have a problem we have a problem and i just don't know if that's good for the game of golf
1: nailed it on the head right there before we go to break i want to hear both your perspective bob will start with you from what you heard from webb simpson he's really echoed a lot of our thoughts about you know make courses harder it doesn't have to be 800 yard par fives you can have less than 400 yard par fours and still par is a good score what do you think about what what webb simpson said Uh,
5: Webb's always been one of the smartest guys on the PJ Tour to me. One of the most engaging guys to talk to. I really like his thoughts on a lot of different things, and um, and so it's not surprised that that's what he said. You know, and, and he, he pointed out those two holes at, at players last week that played under par uh, or played over par, and and I think that uh, I think that you can do enough with what you have right now in terms of the ball, in terms of design, in terms of course setup that you don't need this.
2: Mark uh i webb is a thousand percent right i love that he he alluded to what i alluded to off the top of the show This is a proposal and in no way if something is adopted it isn't going to look anything like this in the next three years this thing's going to be ripped apart and maybe they land on a freeze of the ball maybe that's where this lands when something is adopted who knows we'll see but the two things that stand out on me based on those comments Pete Dye in 1982, no one would play the stadium course at Sawgrass. It was too tough. It was unfair. Kiowa Island, too tough, unfair. PGA West Stadium course, too tough, unfair. Pete Dye was ahead of his time. He was a genius. And now those courses have stood the test of time. What is the, to, to Webb Simpson's point, who's the new Pete Dye that's going to start to build golf courses that are 30 years ahead of their time? And final thought, Adam, the best hole in the PGA Tour is a 300-yard par-4. At a golf course that's 100 years old, that doesn't have out-of-bounds, it doesn't have water, it, doesn't have, has, it just has bunkers and grass. And they watch the best players in the world each year try to make three and also make eight at Riviera. So mm-hmm. to Webb's point, just be smarter. But that's a big ask right now. Just be smarter, right?
1: Yeah, it, it is. And, you know, like the three of us have worked together for quite some time on this show. Maybe we, we turn our attention. We keep doing the show and go into course design, too, because I, I really think that so much. If Golf
2: Talk of. Canada made all the decisions for the golf world, the game would be in a much better place. I have said that from day one. The three of us collectively just give us like full dictatorship over the game. It's better for everybody.
1: Well, you know, this is a proposed change. This isn't happening. This is proposed. This could happen. Nothing is signed, sealed, delivered. We'll keep updating you on when more players speak about this as this changes because this isn't on going moving subject of course there is still a PGA Tour event this week at the Valspar Championship there's a lot going on in the world of golf both on the professional level and for us on GTC because 20 weeks of TaylorMade is also just around the corner on the other side we'll update you how you can get involved on 20 weeks of TaylorMade this is Golf Talk Canada
0: this segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada Canada's leader in automotive accessories This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, home to 80 great courses, 60 miles of sandy shores, endless dining and entertainment. Visit playgolfmyrtlebeach.com to start planning your golf trip today.
1: Wrapping up hour one here on GTC Adam Scully, Bob Weeks, Mark Sacchino all around the table. We spent the first hour discussing the proposed. Golf ball rollback for only certain events by the USGA and RNA coming in 2026. Nothing is signed, sealed, delivered just yet. This is just a proposal. And of course, we put it out to the Twitterverse what our audience thought about this. And not surprisingly, I guess, a lot of people, 63% hate the idea while well, 36%, 36.7% to be very exact, like the idea. So it seems like the majority of people are agreeing with our sentiment that this just doesn't make much sense. Uh, I'm sure we'll continue debating this probably next week on TV, perhaps. sounds This is something that uh, is, it creates a lot of t- chatter and debate uh, in the world of golf, uh, which is, is something. Um, for us here, of course, this is the first leg of our triple header on Golf Talk Canada, Wednesday. We're on uh, TSN 1050 until noon. And then you can watch us uh, on TSN 4 and 5 at 1 p.m. where we'll recap Scotty Scheffler's historic victory. Now, six wins in his last 27 PGA Tour starts. Bob, you've covered this game for quite some time. When you, when you hear that number, six wins in 27 starts, that's Tiger-esque. That's Rory-esque from 20 2014 2012 2014 that sort of stretch that's dj in 2020 we haven't seen this stretch of golf in quite some time how impressed are you by scotty Scheffler right now
5: well very impressed and, and as i said i think uh, earlier in the week on on golf talk canada tv when we were taping i said you know the, the interesting part is the different courses that he's won on he's not a one trick yeah. pony for by any means you look at uh sawgrass at augusta and at bay hill and um you know and, and uh, Scottsdale I mean it's it's a wide variety of courses and styles and I think that if it is um if, if you're if, if it wasn't for John Rahm also going on a, a, a big run and and Rory playing really well I think he would stand out even more but to me that trio makes it more exciting the three of those guys right now are you know and Rory only has the one win but they're kind of dominating the game of golf right now and I love it I think it's great to see this number one spot change uh places back and forth but Scotty Scheffler is, to me, a remarkable guy because even when he doesn't have his best stuff, as Mark, you were following him on that Saturday and he had that case of the lefts going, um, he was still dominant. It's crazy.
3: It's that it inside hit.
2: 50 yards, right, guys? That's what, to Bob's point, I mean, when he, he gets inside 100, inside 50, the short game is, is as good or better than anybody on tour. It's, it's Spieth-like with, with a more reliable putter. And I said this to you guys earlier in the week, he does these little things that maybe a lot of people don't notice because they're not as sexy, Bob, as Rory hitting at 360 or Rom fist pumping his way and, you know, looking like uh, the Brahma bull rushing through a golf course. You know, Scotty does stuff like, hey, I got the tightest lie on the golf course underneath the green at 10, and I've got eight feet of green to work with. I'm just going to pinch this perfectly, get it to grab stop two feet four, let's move on to the par five. I mean, that's the stuff he does better than anybody else, and that's the stuff that keeps rounds going, keeps momentum, and to Bob's point, When he doesn't have his best stuff and he's off the beaten path and he still contends and he still wins, I mean, it's going to be hard not to love him in a few weeks at Augusta because that's a golf course where you're going to get wiggle room off the tee. It's the tightest lies of the year. Nobody, again, nobody. Let's go. Remember the third hole last year on Sunday when he hit hit the first one, he missed the first one, and he chipped in the second one? I mean, it's shots like that that I'm just now expecting. He hold out what? Two three times this week, it seemed like. Or, it he's fun to watch, very fun to watch, and I think uh, I think we're in for another run. I think. So let me ask you guys a question here, as we kind of wind up here, hour one. A couple of weeks ago, we went around the horn. Who has more wins this year, Rory or Ron? And we were kind of like going back and forth. I think we put it at. Did we put it at three and a half? The number over or under. I think, Adam, you put it at three and a half, and we all went over. We all thought we'd see four. I'm starting to think now, guys, we had the wrong, we should should add the big three to Bob's point. It's like, who's got more wins? I think Scotty might end up with more wins than all of them by the end of the year.
1: Well, you know, people last year. Add add
5: a bigger number. Add a bigger number, not three and a half. should be maybe four and a half.
1: Yeah, and, and you know people talk often about the run he went on last year, four wins and forty two starts. But you know later in the year he lost in a playoff to Sam Burns. He came second at the U.S. Open as well. So, I mean, you know, there's events like he came top 10 at the Open Championship too. He lost that lead at the Tour Championship. He had a, a historically good year last year, and now that's continuing forward. And, Mark, I love that you gave that example of the 10th hole on Saturday. You were there. Because many people think back, they see Scotty Scheffler win by five, you know, they, they wouldn't think of a specific shot of why he is so good and you know you gave that example we showed the shot on tv that you'll see in a couple hours too just how he nipped that chip perfectly put some zip on it and he was off for an easy four from there he is so impressive to watch now scotty scheffler not in the field this week but there is still a pretty good field at the valspar championship on the other side we'll take a look at some of the favorites and their odds this week at the valspar this is golf talk Hand.
0: This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by PlayGolf Myrtle Beach, the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Why Picton Mahoney? Visit PictonMahoney.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully.
1: Welcome back inside at GTC, Adam Scully, Bob Weeks, Mark Zucchino all around for hour two, the back nine here on GTC for another Wednesday edition, another very, very busy one so far after the proposed rule or ball rollback changes, which could be coming in a couple of years from the USGA and the RNA. We spent the majority of hour one discussing that, now we're going to spend the majority of hour two... Discussing the Valspar Championship, not a designated event like we've seen for the last two weeks on the PGA Tour. The Arnold Palmer Invitational, Kurt Kidiyama, went on to win the Players' Championship. It was Scotty Scheffler And, Bob, for you, because I haven't had a chance to congratulate you formally on radio just yet, I want to reach out and say congratulations. You had Scotty Scheffler last week, second shortest odds to win pre-tournament at 10-1. to Now, you are the first of us to get to 4W, so a standing ovation for you, Bob. Way to go.
5: <laughs> See, you know what the best thing I was thinking of afterwards is that I'm just going to pick Scotty Scheffler every tournament that he's in. By the end of the year, I'll have six, seven wins, all right? And that's just the way to go. <laughs> just like, yeah. It's like a two-foot uphill putt with no break. That's easy. <laughs> that,
1: that, that's certainly one strategy for sure, but uh, you know, as always, <laughs> on our Wednesday shows, we take a deep dive into that week's PGA event look at the odds look at how these guys are playing and call it over par under par call it we like them that week you can really phrase it any way you want but this week at the Valspar Championship Justin Thomas is the betting favorite now Mark you and I both had JT on our team last week at the Players Championship and so far this season has been nothing short of bizarre weird just disappointing for jt 66 in the fedex cup standings right now this guy's 10 to 1 the pre tournament betting favorite mark thoughts on jt right now
2: well i think the only reason he's he's got those betting favorites is more a statement on on the field and the quality of the field guys overall um popular maybe money public money because he's one of the few recognizable stars that are actually playing this week I had him last week, at him on a couple of things. He's a past champion, so we know he likes Sawgrass. And I thought he might have found something at Bay Hill. Because after Saturday, he was in a real good spot at Bay Hill. And I went, okay, finally Justin Thomas is making turning the corner. Finally, he, he's you know on the upswing. And he had a bit of a rough Sunday at Bay Hill. But there were a lot of players that had rough Sundays at Bay Hill. And I thought, okay, Maybe now we're going to catch him on that upswing into the Players' Championship. And you know what? He made the cut on the number at two over par last weekend. He looked completely out of sorts. To me, he has not shown me enough to justify this value in terms of a fantasy or betting component. I, 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 not enough for me, guys. When is it going to come? I mean, he's too good to kind of limp through the season like this, right? But, but I don't know. For me, Adam, I got him over par. I don't have him under par. I don't like him uh this week. I'm staying as far away from Justin Thomas until he can put uh show me some that he's kind of closer to four.
1: And we'll get to our TSN edge picks a little later in the show, but uh Bob for you. JT's 144th in strokes game putting. I mean, this is just bizarre, but in your mind you know what this guy's this guy's looking at scotty scheffler john Rom, rory mcelroy thinking i'm part of that crew you got to say no
5: oh i think he is definitely and i think you can look at half you know the cup half full or half empty here after he tied for 60th last and obviously not a great week but if you go up before that one two three four five six seven consecutive top 25 finishes uh still hasn't missed a cut yet this year now maybe that's Underselling what we expect from him. If that was a middle of the road player, we'd be all excited about him. So maybe we're just expecting a little bit more. But definitely that putting number kind of sticks out and goes, ooh, it's a little scary. But I think at one point he's got to break through at this
2: point. You know what scares me? I'll tell you what scares me on JT and why I'm compl- why I'm off of him. I know that the I know the putter. We've had the putting conversation, and you're right. Stats showed sideways. It's gotten a little bit better since he put the mallet back in the bag. He's coming off these top 20 finishes, Bob, to your point. After Colin Morikawa and Tiger Woods, when you talk best iron players in the world, Justin Thomas is in that conversation, right? Who is the best iron player in the world? Justin Thomas, Strokes Gain, approached the green this year, 61st. This is a category where he lives in the top 10, if not the top five. And he is 61st. It's not on point right now. So when your putter's struggling and you're one of the best iron players in the world and you're not in the top 50 on the PGA Tour as an iron player, statistically at the moment, huge red flags. I see.
1: Yeah, and Justin Thomas right now, third in strokes gained around the green. So really relying on that short game to get you know those top 25 finishes like you mentioned, Bob. Again, like I mentioned, we'll get, up, get to our TSN edge picks a little later in the show. But our, the second betting favorite right now, is Jordan Spieth at 12 to 1 and for Jordan Spieth you know he's had success at this tournament before pretty solid finish last week at the Players Championship but as I said on radio on TV and as I'll say in two hours on our television show and winners weird and what probably shouldn't have made the cut because of his tee shot on his last hole hits a fan bounces back into play he was on the number what of course Jordan Speeth being Jordan Speeth uh, hits an approach shot up, chips in for the unlikely Eagle. Bob will start with you. From what you've seen from Jordan Speeth, we know his history at Augusta National. We know that's three weeks away. Uh do you have Jordan Spieth over par or under par as we head into the Valspar Championship?
5: Um I got him, I think, right at par. I don't know what <laughs> I don't know what to make of, of his yeah. game. It's really good. And yet there's something in me that says yeah it's not really that good it's it's a it's a hard one to kind of capsulize because as you say he does kind of float around um uh, with some great holes some great weeks was good at phoenix a few weeks ago and then genesis he was not good um great at arnold palmer and then last week at players if he doesn't hit that guy in the i don't know where did he actually I don't know where he hits the him leg in the head or the shoulders I think, the leg yeah, okay. it was a calf you know it doesn't hit that guy he's 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 got a miscut as well so Um, it's kind of bizarre in some ways that you don't really know what to expect from him. It's kind of like Christmas morning. You're going to wake up and open this package and hope you got candy instead of a lump of coal or something.
1: (laughs) I didn't think we'd be making Christmas references with Jordan Speed on, uh, on a, on a Monday or a Wednesday in March, but here we are. Mark for you, Jordan Speed. where are you at? I,
2: I, I like him. I got him under par this week. A lot of it is the fact that he's a past champion here so he's comfortable around this golf course, so a bit of a horses-for-courses play. A lot of it is the fact that, you know, I like the three of us in this field this week. I think if we got a start, we have a chance to make it to the weekend. Mm -hmm. You know, Bob's hitting that tight draw again. Adam, your ball speeds up. I'm getting up and down from everywhere. So I think we got a chance in this field. So, you know, how do you not like Jordan Uh, just just because of the quality here? Uh, I do like the T6 at Phoenix. I do like the T4 at the Arnold Palmer. Um, But to Bob's point, I mean, you go back to the Sony Open. He was the first-round leader Thursday night at the Sony Open. He missed the cut, okay? And then the opposite side of that coin is he's lucky to make it to the weekend at the players, turns it into a top 20. So, I mean, it is the wonderful, uh, bizarre story that is Jordan Spieth. He's hard to figure out. Um, uh, Very similar to Justin Thomas. I think he's got the fire in the belly where he's – Probably irritated that he's no longer in the conversation of the group that we're previously talking about. So I think that alone will keep him in it. But yeah, no, I like Jordan this week. I like uh, his recent form looks good. Horses for courses, weak field, like Jordan Spieth.
1: And for Jordan Spieth, you know, it's been an interesting year so far. You mentioned those top finishes, but numbers I'm looking at here that are a little puzzling, to say the least. His round three scoring average is 168th on the PGA Tour, round four, 126th. So he has struggled on the weekend so far this season. Next up on the betting board right now is Matthew Fitzpatrick at 15 to 1. Now, this guy is, you know, we've talked at length about the swing speed changes he has made with the stack system you know the cross-handed chipping he was one of the stars of full swing the PGA Tour Netflix series and it's been his his year so far he's waiting to break out too Mark given how how he plays the game you think a course like where we're playing this week at Valspar is is a good fit for him
2: normally yes currently no, I'll tell you why. If it was Matthew Fitzpatrick of 2022 form, I think this is a good golf course for Matthew Fitzpatrick. But in current form, this is a golf course that you've got to play backwards. It's about There's maybe five or six of these on the PGA Tour. When you stand on those par fours at Copperhead, you've got to play the hole in reverse. Where's the hole location? Okay, what, what part of this fairway, not the fairway, what side of this fairway, Creates me an angle to that whole location, so you can't just bomb and gouge it. You need to find the left side or the right side, and then work back to the tee with your tee shot, and that really puts a premium on your iron play. And right now, he is a hundred and sixty-eighth in strokes gained approach to green. I mean, is there? A, it's almost bottom of the barrel, right? Like you know, like he's almost at the very bottom of the field when it comes to. Uh, stroke-skate approach. The good news is his driving is pretty good. His overall driving is pretty solid. His percentage is a little low. He's going to have to hit some more fairways. He's good out of the rough with his irons, which is surprising. I just don't know if you could come into this golf course, Copperhead, hitting your irons as poorly as he currently is and get yourself in the mix. I would be very surprised, very surprised.
1: Yeah, so he has the third shortest odds to win. A little later in the show, we're going to pick up this conversation on the Valspar Championship because Sam Burns is looking for the three-peat here, and he has the fourth shortest odds to win. He's coming off a pair of miscuts, T35 last week, at the Players' Championship. So maybe rounding back into form. On the other side, we're going to switch gears a little bit. We're going to be joined by CJGA Director of Tournament Operations, Tyler Torrieri, as the CJGA celebrates its 30th season. This is Golf Talk Canada
0: this segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney asset management for over 15 years our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions including this one this is golf talk Canada presented by Picton Mahoney asset management this segment of GTC is brought to you by cobble beach georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community learn more about their award-winning golf course and growing community visit cobblebeach.com today
1: coming back inside GTC Scully wheats zucchino all around the table coming up on the other side we'll pick up the conversation about the Val Spa championship and we'll also make our TSN edge picks. but we're going to switch gears here a little bit. Uh, Last year we were on location for one of the CJGA's marquee events the TaylorMade Canadian Invitational. We did both our radio show and our television show that week and this year is a big one for the CJGA. It is its 30th season and I recently had a chance to catch up with CJGA Director of Tournament Operations Tyler Torriere to be joined by good friend of the show Tyler Torrieri from the CJGA Tyler welcome back to Golf Talk
6: Canada yeah thanks Adam I appreciate the time and you guys having me on again
1: absolutely okay so 2023 is going to be the biggest year ever for the CJGA am I getting this right 138 events across Canada
6: yeah it's going to be another busy year for us Uh, it's our 30th year anniversary this year so we're we're going big, like you said, 138 events across Canada, and um, we're we're breaking back into Manitoba this year and expanding all the other provinces. So it's an exciting year. Yeah,
1: and so these are really headlined by the four majors on the CJGA calendar. For those who maybe aren't familiar with that, give us a sense of what the four majors are.
6: Yeah, so we have our Ping Canadian Match Play Championship that's been going on for, uh, this will be our 29th year running that tournament um, and then we have our Mizuno Stroke Play Championship, our Polar Canadian Championship, and then our Taylor Canadian Invitational. So those are our, our four marquee events on the calendar this year. And, um, the dates have kind of shifted around to accommodate some uh, of the other events that are going on across the country. So it's going to be, uh, there, the field for those events are going to be phenomenal. And, um, it's, it's exciting.
1: Yeah, certainly very exciting. And I, I remember when we were on location, Bob Weeks and I for for GTC uh, shooting both our television and radio shows for the made Canadian Invitational, you can just sense we were there on location last summer, I should say you could just sense the excitement, the buzz that was around from, you know, parents who are walking around and, and some of these kids too. that. It's safe to say, Tyler, that like the future starts here on the CJGA, correct?
6: Yeah, 100%. And and that TaylorMade event you guys were at, is, it was was the inaugural event last year that we we incorporated into the schedule. So coming into year two, TaylorMade has just completely blown us away with what they have in store for the players this year. And um, like I said, with the date change moving from August to um, the first week in June, it uh, should encourage more of the top end players to come play that event because there are no conflicts with anything. Um, come there, see the event, be a part of it. Obviously the tea gifts and everything that TaylorMade is going to give away are phenomenal. So that's going to be a fantastic event.
1: Yeah, totally. And, and, you know, for those listening to this interview, they might think CJGA, you know, who are some alum who have gone through the CJGA and are now excelling on the next level? You know, some notable examples, of course, Brooke Henderson, the greatest ever Canadian professional golfer, Taylor Pendrith, Mackenzie Hughes. What's it like for you guys promoting and, you know, telling parents and kids now like, hey, you're watching these stars on TV excel on the professional level that you could be the next Brooke Henderson or Mackenzie Hughes, that sort of thing.
6: Yeah, and it's gotten a lot easier over the last couple of years with the Canadian talent that's coming up through the ranks, not only on the PGA tour, but you know, the LPGA tour, Web or um Corn Ferry Tour and even PGA Tour Canada. Um, you know, pretty much any big name you see has come through our program. Obviously like you said, Brooke and and Mac and, and Pendrith and and those guys, um, but it's the smaller guys too that are that are making their way through the ranks, like Svensson just won a couple months ago, right? First tour win, and um, it's it's awesome to see that. And it shows our players that there's a way forward. It's not just, you know, like Mike Weir back in the day. It's There's multiple tour players on all the tours that are Canadians that can show these kids what's possible.
1: Yeah, and, and that's something that we've loved talking about here on Golf Talk Canada, Mark, Bob, and I, is that on any given week, it seems to be like a Canadian is in the mix. A Canadian is tied atop a leaderboard. A Canadian is making a move on a Sunday, and and that's just it's the strength of the Canadian game right now, which is uh, which is simply incredible to see. We're with Tyler Torrieri from the CJGA, and you know the CJGA can be used as you know a, a place or a platform where these young players can try to you know qualify for some other major events you know for example uh, img junior worlds uh, nota bagay junior golf qualifiers what can you tell us more about that
6: yeah that's that's something that we've definitely identified as an area to really key in on in the last couple of years um we've we've been running qualifiers for the img junior world championships in san diego for a number of years now but over the last two years we've really strengthened our relationship with um, the nota bagay guys that run the nota bagay junior golf championship down in louisiana And they provide us spots for those events. Um, This past year, Tiger and like Charlie played in the event and Tiger caddied for Charlie. So it's uh, definitely gaining notoriety. But on top of all that, we have our qualifiers for um, we do a uh, Canada versus USA versus Scotland three-way match play um, in St. Andrews, Scotland every year. We do a Ryder Cup-style event called the North America Cup uh, Canada versus USA every year that players can qualify through our events right across the country. And just, So there's so many opportunities for these players to play internationally for CJG Team Canada or to represent the CJGA on the international stage at these bigger events like IMG or Nota Bagay. Wow, that's,
1: that's so exciting for all, all these players to have this opportunity because you know people listening to the show whether whether they're 20 or 60 you know you know on their bucket list might be going to st andrews and and you know for these players to have this opportunity at that young of an age to have that sort of platform to do it is is simply incredible so kudos to you guys uh and you know speaking of travel and you know things elsewhere uh the world junior challenge in florida is another event uh over christmas and now do i have this right where it's 200 plus players from 20 or more countries is that correct
6: yeah yeah that's our marquee event across uh our entire schedule it's uh th- th- this year will be our 30th year running it it's at innisbrook uh golf resort in palm harbor florida where they play the vows so players get to play copperhead and then island and then the north course over there um, and yeah, twenty different countries were represented this past year. We had over two hundred players and it 's actually getting so big that now we 're starting to look at other golf courses to expand to to keep growing that event um, so it, it's it 's right over Christmas, and uh, you can stay right on property at Innisbrook, which makes it very convenient everything 's within walking distance and it's it 's a fantastic event.
1: I can just sense in the excitement in your voice how excited these the, the kids are going to be to get to play a course that they get to watch on TV because that they, they'll in future years they'll be able to go back and say, Hey, I hit that shot on that hole. Let's see where, you know, Taylor, Penders, it, Tr- Taylor Pendrith Taylor is hitting the shot or or that sort of thing. Uh, this is also exciting. A couple more before we let you go here, Tyler. The 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 Linkster the Linkster tour is another um tour that you'd like to discuss today uh, for those a little younger, is that correct?
6: Yeah, our Lancer Tour is really our developmental tour, so it's for players aged four to fourteen. And to be honest, we had a three-year-old on tour last year, which is crazy <laughs> to say. Um, but uh, they, it's it's the, the parents can caddy. There's a stroke limit on every hole. It's it's not so much about you know winning the tournament. It's more so getting out there, getting on the golf course, spending time with you know as a, a parent and a player, and um, just enjoying the game of golf while also getting that competitive experience of playing in a tournament. Um, so we have, out of the 138 tournaments this year, um, about 57 of them are on the Linkster tour, and it's right across the country in every province. So um, if anybody's interested in that, they can head to our website, cjga.com, and um, all the info's on there and my email's on there as well. So um, it's definitely, if you're looking to get um, your son or daughter into the game of golf, it's it's a good stepping stone to get to that next level a
1: lot of exciting things coming from the cjga but before we let you go tyler i mean you mentioned a couple times here 30 years for the cjga what is the significance of that number here to be in in it now for 30 years
6: it's incredible and um all the credit goes to our our founder Earl Fritz, who's still with the association and helping us on a day-to-day basis what he started in uh, 1993 i don't even know if he knew that it was going to get to where we are today and um it, uh it's very, very exciting that I get to be a part of this and kind of celebrate our 30th year this year. And like I said off the top, it's our biggest year to date. So uh, we're going to have a, a very, very exciting season. Awesome,
1: Tyler. Well, I, I, like I mentioned a couple of times, I can just tell how pumped you are for this season. Those playing on the CJGA should also be very excited. Thanks for your time today. And we'll have you on again later in the season as well for a little recap of what has happened so far and a preview of what's to come
6: on the CJGA. Thanks for your time yeah thanks adam i really appreciate it
1: many thanks to tyler for joining us discussing the cjga lots to come in 2023 for their 30th season on the other side we'll make our tsn edge picks for the valspar championship and also discuss the canadians who are playing this week because adam hadwin is one of the favorites this is golf talk canada
0: This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac, Experience Cadillac, Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. Book your tour at cadillac.ca slash live.
1: Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully, Bob Weeks, and Mark Zucchino all around the table as we look ahead now to the Valspar Championship live studio audience of many different shapes and sizes uh, Bob you might you have a dog beside you right now which is uh, which is pretty cool to see I mean it, it doesn't happen very often where you get the live in-home <laughs> studio audience a little uh, little dog sitting over the March break here for some friends and uh,
5: Lola is sitting here comfortably and enjoying the show so far anyway she's been sleeping through most of it so I'm not
1: sure if that's actually a a compliment or not <laughs> i i remember i was uh, i was dog sitting for my sister and her husband barkley the dog's name and barkley decided to bark during our show so that barkley made his golf talk canada debut anyway let's get to the valspar championship and as you all know tsn edge is your home for all your fantasy <laughs> needs and every week here on gtc both television and radio we make three selections for that week's pga tournament now a, a bit of a behind the scenes Look here, we generally make our picks some point early Tuesday morning, Monday night. We have a bit of a you know text thread going back and forth, the odd chirp here and there. And but we always make our picks this way. And we all picked Keegan Bradley this week because you know we thought Keegan Bradley's playing a lot of great golf. He's either missed the cut or he's in contention. He won during the fall portion of the schedule. But about an hour or so ago, a tweet came out, PGA Tour Communications, that Keegan Bradley has withdrawn, so Keegan Bradley not playing this week. And this, I, I, this happens. This, ha, this has happened a couple times where we have all picked the same player, but this is the first time that that player is withdrawn from the tournament. So, Mark, correct me if I'm wrong. This week, we're only going with two picks, correct?
2: Well, I've just said we're just kind of scrambling back and forth. If you guys want to do a bonus third, we could do it on the fly. But I mean, we all had Keegan Bradley, right? Uh, So let's just go with our other two. And I'm more concerned about everybody's prop bets this week on Keegan because there's always the ring around the rosy prop bet, you know, (laughs) right foot in, left foot out, right foot in, turn it all about, right? You know, he's the twitchiest player on (laughs) tour. And I. I can't remember what the Keegan Bradley ring around the rosy. I think it was like over-under number was 823 for four days at Copperhead. So, that right. of course, all those bets now are off the table. Of
1: course. Yeah, and I know I was hammering that over for sure because yes. he is so much fun <laughs> to watch play. But anyway, okay, so we're all going to two picks this week. We're changing this up. So, two picks from each of us here on Golf Talk Canada. Bob, let's start with you. Give us your first pick this week for the Valspar Championship and why. Mark, go Well, ahead and first. I have
2: Bob's first pick. Scotty uh-huh. Scheffler. He's already told us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right.
5: It's like, it's going to be the free space on my bingo card for the rest of the year. That's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh Well, I'm going with our aforementioned Justin Thomas. And uh, as you said, he comes in as the betting favorite. Finished third here last year, 13th year before that. So good, good record here. 60th last week. I don't like that too much. But he is third in strokes gained around the green. 11th strokes gained T to green needs to get that putter working as we mentioned 144th in strokes gained compared to 85th last year in that same category so I'm not sure where it is but as Mark said it's been improving since he went back to that trusty mallet of his and I just think he's one of the guys who has enough talent that when he gets fed up with not playing well he can sort of get himself into a position where he's starting to play well so that's why I've gone with Justin Thomas.
1: Yeah, and and that's where I'm going. Like, I agree with that. I I don't have JT on my team, and we'll get to your pick, Mark, here momentarily. But, you know, Justin Thomas, he's he's known as... One of the best players in the PGA Tour, and he, he has to be motivated by Scotty Scheffler looking like a robot out there and winning in dominant fashion. He has to be motivated seeing John Rahm drive it all over the planet and still have three wins already this season. He's so impressed to see. So you've th- got to think JT is motivated by these guys and could be next up in the winner's circle. Mark, your first pick.
2: Well, I'm going to go with a guy we talked about earlier in the show who is in that same category as a guy who's motivated, a guy that's probably should have gotten more out of some weeks this year on tour where he's had tied for fourth, tied for sixth, had the lead on a Thursday, but always has that one round that completely blows him up out of contention. And that's Jordan Speeth. I, I think, again, horses for courses. Uh, his iron play, I think, is solid enough. Around the greens, we don't have to worry about uh, Jordan, obviously. Um, we'll see. He looks really good at the Arnold Palmer with the T4 and some really hard conditions with a golf course that has a lot of rough. This is a golf course that has a lot of rough. Uh, ain't going to play as firm and fast as we saw at the Arnold Palmer. Uh, in fact, we're getting rain here today in in the area. So the golf course is going to be a little softer than what we've seen the last couple of weeks. No rain in the forecast the rest of the week, however. So when we get to the weekend, it might be a little bumpy uh, or certainly a little firmer. Uh, there was torrential rains last night, which is really going to soften the course on Thursday and Friday. Uh, I just think Jordan is in that same category as Justin Thomas for all the reasons you guys suggested. I just think he's a little closer to that upswing in form than JT is. He's a couple of weeks ahead of him. Let's just go with that. So Jordan Speeth's my favorite this week.
1: Mark, I'll go back to you Mark here quickly. You know, we talked about Jordan Speeth, you know, missing some short putts down the stretch at the Arnold Palmer. Do you you know, are we going to see him start looking at the hole again? Do you, do you think that's where he needs to He's got to make up his mind one way or the other because he's such a streaky putter inside of 6 feet.
2: That that's the problem. I think the biggest problem here is not Is he going to look at the hole or is he not going to look at the hole? I think the biggest problem here is we need to take it out of the equation and he's got to make a decision on what he's doing and just stick with it. So if we're going to look at the hole inside 10 feet or inside 5 feet, whatever the number is, let's just do it all the time so that it's not part of the equation. I'm, I'm, I'm confused. I didn't see him a lot this week at the players, but I did see him a lot at Bay Hill. And none of us knew when he was going to look at the hole or why he chooses to look at the hole. And I never had a chance to talk to him, so I couldn't ask the question in, in the post-round because I didn't walk with him uh, enough to, to get post-round with him. So I didn't have the opportunity. Jordan, can you walk us through what, the decision-making process in your brain as to when you look at the hole and when you don't? And you know what my guess is, guys? There isn't one. I really don't think he knows when he's going to look at the hole. I think it's like a twitchy kind of thing going on, and I just don't think that's good. So we'll see what happens this week. But I think the comfort level at Valspar, where he's had success before, might be just what he needs.
1: Yeah, totally. Jordan Speed's second shortest odds right now to win at twelve to one on fan duel. As for me, I am kicking things off with Tommy Fleetwood, who, you know, came T sixteen here last year at the Val Spar, had a pretty solid players championship for the most part. He did double bogey two of his final five holes, including that seventeenth hole, right when the winds were gusting almost to the same level as they were on friday afternoon before that weather delay when guys were making sevens and nines like it was nothing but for fleetwood this season one of the biggest reasons for his consistency has been on the greens second in both overall putting average and one putt percentage hard to believe this guy hasn't won on the pga tour just yet and i would not be surprised if Fleetwood breaks out this week. Fleetwood opens with the fifth shortest odds to win at 16-1. to Mark, let's go back to you. Who is your second? And for this week only, final pick.
2: Well, uh, you know, if if we remove Sam Burns from the equation, who's trying to win a golf tournament uh, for the third year in a row, um, uh, which hasn't been done since Steve Stricker did it, right, guys, back at the John Deere Classic. If you remove Sam Burns out of the equation, this is not a bomber's golf course. This has typically been a plotter's golf course. You know, Adam Hadwin's done well here. Uh, Paul Casey's done well here. Um, we saw Adam Scott almost win this golf tournament a few years ago. with One of the worst strokes, though, we've ever seen from five feet in the history of the PGT. Or no, was that the Wyndham?
1: Wyndham. That no, that was Wyndham.
2: Wyndham. My apologies. The stroke was at the Wyndham. The stroke I'm referring to. But if you remove Sam Burns, you wouldn't go bomber. So I'm going Justin Rose. I, I think he's – Justin Rose, I got – To spend a lot of time with him in the last seven days, he's got his passion back. He's already won this year on the PGA Tour back at the AT&T. Some of these numbers are pretty good right now for Justin Rose um, in terms of overall ball strike. Well, let's take a look at. Let's start this. Let's look at his history here. He's played this golf course this tournament 12 times before he's 14 rounds in the sixties, three top tens, two more additional top 15s. His ball striking's on point. He's eighth in strokes game putting. When have we ever said Justin Rose is eighth in strokes game putting, right? And I'm going to throw something that you you guys are going to love. We're talking about rolling back and going back in time. Justin Rose told me last week, he might put this week. Don't be surprised if you see it, a tailor-made M one driver in the bag. So, he just said, hey, man, he just has been playing around with equipment. That was the big story at the AT&T, right? He put a mixed bag in, in put some hybrids in, put some cavity-back irons in. There's a chance we see an M1 driver in the bag this week.
1: Wouldn't that be something? So, Justin Rose, six shortest odds to win at 17-1. to 1. Bob, let's go to you now. Your second and final pick this week at the Valspar Championship.
5: I'm going with Adam Hadwin. I honestly think that Adam is playing well enough to deserve a pick. He won this tournament, as we know, six years ago. It seems wild that he has not won since six years ago, but he did go through that major swing overhaul really two years ago. And I talked to him last week about it, and he said, you know, I don't even think about it anymore. I'm comfortable with it, and now I trust it on pretty much every shot. I had a really good performance, I thought, at the Players' Championship. Two three-putts on the last, uh, well, missed, not three-putts, two three-footers that he missed on the last two holes that cost him Half a million dollars million dollars then uh, he yeah currently ranked strokes 24th in strokes gain total which I think is always a good sort of indication of your overall game is going well he's not doing anything one part of his game specifically great at this point but he really is doing pretty much everything at a high level and so that's why he gets that mark five top 20 finishes this year he's only missed one cut in his 11 starts and value uh when i did wrote this was plus 2400 that was a couple of days ago so i think that's pretty good value for adam hadwin
1: yeah and, and that value has dropped a little bit since keegan bradley's withdrawal so hadwin does have the seventh shortest odds to win at 20 to 1 and bob i i loved when you went one-on-one with hadwin after his final round on sunday and yes it was shortly after missing those two short putts but you know he wasn't that pleased with a t13 finish he might think overall hey i finished t13 in the unofficial fifth major on the pga tour won a lot of money but he he's not satisfied with that and you know he's seeing these other canadians have success he's seeing adam spenson he's seeing Mackenzie hughes he got snubbed from the president's cup team this past fall so for adam hadwin i'm loving where his mentality is and I, i he was almost my second and final pick this week but i'm going with a little more value this week for my second and final pick and that's Justin Sun. you maybe aren't that familiar uh with justin sub but he's been playing some very solid golf as of late t6 at the players quietly t5 a couple weeks earlier at the honda ninth on the tour in birdie average he's got some good value here as well he is 3100 right now to win on fan duel tied for the ninth shortest odds of any player so Justin Sun is my second and final pick. Mark, what?
2: Very good friends, Adam, with Kurt Kitiema and was standing greenside to watch his friend grab a W a couple of weeks ago. And you can tell how bad he wants to be in that winner circle and, 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 and join his buddy as a winner on the, on the PGA Tour. And uh, I think that's a great pick this week. I think there's a ton of Thanks. value
1: there. Thank you. And he had his odds were plus 3,700 earlier this week. Now, like I mentioned with Keegan Bradley WDing, his odds are now plus 3,100. Two other Canadians in the field this week, Nick Taylor and Michael Gligic. Nick Taylor's odds are 65 to 1. Michael Gligick, uh in about the 300 to 1 category. But one Canadian not playing this week I want to discuss before we go to break and sign off here on GTC is Corey Connors and you know there are four Canadians right now inside the top 50 in the FedEx Cup standings Connors MIA not a part of that group 90th right now in the FedEx Cup standings Bob Connors is going into some events where he's had success third in the match play last year won the Valero Texas Open in 2019 three straight top tens at Augusta National but this season has been eh, not the best what are your thoughts here on Corey Connors what's what needs to change
5: I spoke to him and I spoke to his coach Derek Ingram and and, uh, remarkably his his greatest strength is this been troubling him which is his rhythm uh, especially with the irons he says he's just sort of out of rhythm can't find that nice little flow that he's had and so he's inconsistent if you look at his numbers off the tee they're not like what they used to be he still has of course those issues around uh, around the green and on the green 153rd strokes game putting 148th strokes game putting he doesn't like the West Coast swing particularly no Big reason. I mean, some of the grasses, I guess, he didn't grow up on, so he's not as familiar with it. I'm, I'm not at the point yet where I'm ready to kind of raise the uh, emergency flag, but I think that's coming if he doesn't start to put some good performances together.
1: And, and Mark, for you, we've chatted about Connors and how we thought he'd play a little better during the Florida swing when generally when it gets breezier he plays better he plays challenging course as well I, at the outset maybe I was a little surprised that he wasn't playing this week at the Valspar he was in the mix in 2018 when Paul Casey beat Tiger down the stretch and Connors was right there in the mix but when you look at the stretch of golf coming up it's a very busy one so what what are you expecting from Corey Connors here as as it heads into a part of the schedule where he's played very well up before
2: I understand you got to take a week off. So I do get you need rest and you, you don't want to be exhausted, Heading into an important time of season, but I'm with you, Adam. I'm also surprised he wasn't in the field this week because the best performance he's had was at Bay Hill, right? And, and Bay Hill was a golf course where it wasn't a putting contest. It was keep it in the fairways, hit some greens. It, it kind of sounded more like a Corey Connors type of setup. Um, I have ex- Although it's going to be a lot softer this week, I'm expecting a similar setup here. Where again, it's it's you plot your way along, you put the golf ball in the right position, and it's a ball striker's golf course, not a putting contest. So, I am surprised, but I'm with Bob. Like, I mean, if we get if we get through this stretch now of horses for courses, if we don't see improvement, then I'm going to be very concerned uh, because now because because now it'll be a significant sample size of not just the tour calendar, but a significant sample size of places where he's had success. And if we're still in this position, um, then uh, then there's some... I don't know what you do. Derek and him go back to the drawing board. I don't know. Uh, maybe, just, maybe it's time. Maybe you play your way through the rut. Maybe you take time off. But something in the wheel has to change.
1: Something definitely has to change for Corey Connors in his last couple starts on the PGA Tour. Uh, a miscut... Uh, a T, uh, this is, here we go. Miscut, T21, 61st, T50 in his last four starts on the PGA Tour. So something has to change for Corey Connors. On the other side, we'll update you on 20 weeks of TaylorMade and give you a little preview for GTC TV coming up in just over an hour on TSN 4 and 5. This is Golf Talk Canada. This
0: segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cadillac. Cadillac, Experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last, serving as the foundation for the Tour 360 fit. While the Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. Visit adidas.ca/golf.
1: Wrapping up another Wednesday edition of GTC. Scully, Weeks, and Zucchino all around the table. Mark, we gave a little teaser on social media and on radio, on TV about 20 weeks of TaylorMade. People are waiting. They want to know. So now
2: I can tell you, Adam, I can tell you now that at 10 a.m. on Monday morning off the top of Golf Talk Canada radio and then across all social media platforms, including our partners uh, here at the show, including uh, TSN 1050, uh, including some of the other shows across TSN 1050 and the golf lovers on our station on both radio and TV 10 a.m. Monday morning, we will officially launch 20 weeks of Tailor Made, and we will have the details on how you win and participate this year because it is completely different. We have never done this before, and we have doubled the size of the prizing. Used to be just over twenty thousand in product for the last several years. This time we are up to forty thousand in prizing, and the grand prize a full set of TaylorMade Golf Clubs and a trip for two to Casa de Campo, just like last year, 10 a.m. Monday morning. Tune in. Don't miss it. Twitter, Instagram, all day. We're coming out of the gates hot Monday.
1: It's going to be an exciting time. 20 weeks of TaylorMade 2023 will be the biggest year of uh, 20 weeks of Taylor made gentlemen thanks for your time today it was another very busy show lots going on in the world of golf coming up next on tsn 1050 it is leafs lunch leafs taking on the avalanche tonight on tsn 1050 i'll also be in the building just want to say the leafs are 2-0 when i've been in attendance this season so let's see if they can get another victory against the defending stanley cup champions thanks so much for joining us today and remember the first good decision on the golf course always starts in the closet this segment
0: of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last, serving as the foundation for the Tour 360 Fit, while the Spike More Traction System will help golfers stay locked in. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit golftalkcanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.